Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Approximate Podcast. My name's Jamie French, and uh, and I, my co-host can't be with us tonight. This is episode 41 of the Approximate Podcast, so I have uh, occasional co-host, Stephanie Special. Stephanie, say hi. Hey. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> so we have a very, very special episode. Um, now, it's kind of a, a more pointed episode for longtime listeners of the show. Uh, you know what I do for a living. Uh, you know me. Um, as Jamie French, the brand, as well as your uh, your your host for the evening, um, and you guys know what that means. I'm a sex worker, and uh, across a, a, a wide array of disciplines, um, and we're doing a sex worker show tonight. Uh, tonight's topic is um, for those uh, that are in the sex industry, those that are sex workers. Um, there are, of course, like with any job, many many pitfalls as it were. And, um, and one of those is, uh, something that I'll, most jobs I feel <laughs> don't have to suffer, uh, that sex work, you know, it's just an unfortunate thing that we have to do. We're going to talk about that. And that is losing loved ones because of the job that you do. Now this could be family members. This could be, um, uh, lovers or partners or, or friends even. And so we have a couple of guests on tonight's show. Um, uh, in any, I'll tell you what, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guests because you're actually more, uh, acquainted with them than I am, but we're about to change that. They're cool people. Who are they, Steph? <laughs> okay. So first off we have the beautiful, uh, River Enza. River, welcome to the Hello. show. Aloha. Hi. Hey. How you doing, hon? And then we have I'm a super. Okay oh, today. Uh, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. How, how you doing, River? Sorry. Pretty okay today. Thank you. <laughs> Good. And who else we get on the show? And then we have the super awesome, beautiful Mercy West. All right. So we get... Hey, how you doing, hon? How you doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> you doing okay. Uh, has everybody gotten a uh, rest? I know I haven't. I haven't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been traveling a lot. Are you guys ready for an hour-long discussion on a very... Uh, heartbreaking <laughs> subject. Mm-hmm. Always, always, oh, always, trauma. always. Okay, well, uh, let's let's like kind of get our audience more familiar with our guests. Uh, we'll start with um, uh, I don't know, uh, River. We'll start with you. Uh, who are you, and what is it you do? Um, obviously, you're here because you're a sex worker. Why don't you just kind of just give the audience a general feel for where you're coming from? Um, indeed, I am a sex worker. Um, I am a fetish model and photographer um, mm. who also does porn. Um, I also have a 24-7 BDSM dynamic with my master, daddy, and wife, um, which keeps me busy in many domestic capacities as well as professional capacities. So, I mean, that's my life in a nutshell. Oh wow! Okay, so it's more than just a profession for you. It's a it's a lifestyle kind of thing too, right? Mm, yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. Total okay. lifestyle. Cool. Okay, well, we'll we'll get into uh, more of that as we go. Um, let's also introduce uh, Mercy. Mercy, how you doing? And and tell us a little bit about yourself for the audience. Uh, I am doing very well, and um, I, uh, I yeah, I guess. Basically, I would describe myself as a sex worker as well. Um, I do many different things. Uh, there isn't just one 
realm of sex work that interests me. Um, although I would say that it started with um, <clears throat> uh, phone sex and like that. Um, but yes, I also make adult films and do in-person uh, BDSM sessions and um, also have a, a lifestyle dynamic or and sort of uh, found my way into this through my personal kinkiness and, and the lifestyle. So. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So it sounds like, it sounds like everybody in the room is spinning a lot of plates. <laughs> uh, Except for me. I do a lot of sleeping now. Stephanie, you do a lot of sleeping, but yeah. just, just to be fair, just to make you part of the conversation, why don't you tell the audience? I People know, but now I just, we all had to say it. Now you have to say, it. actually, I didn't say it, but I'll go ahead and say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first. Yeah, go um, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm Stephanie Special. I do uh, porn. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I had some relationships and stuff. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, no. Like, <laughs> okay. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, I, I love I, I love how much information that you're giving. The, I love the uh, the vague approach is uh, very in style right now. <laughs> uh, you're not no. well now. You know you don't just do porn. You're yeah. You know. I'm a sex worker. I do escorting. I used to do cam modeling. Right. I do uh, run my clip store. Right. Um, I used to be involved in uh, more BDSM lifestyle. Now it's kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. But um, yeah, that that's me in a nutshell, a little bit, you know, kind of, sort of, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And just to be fair, I'll 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 end. Uh, my name's Jamie French. Hello again. Uh, I'm a I'm a hooker, and uh, I do porn, lots of porn. Uh, been in it for about 13 years. Uh, actually, I've been a hooker for about 13 years. I've been in porn for about 12. Um, and, and then I've done everything in between, you know, I've, uh, done cam work and, um, uh, on the produce heavily, heavily on the producing end of the adult entertainment industry. Um, geez, what else? Uh, yeah, I run a little clip store, you know, kind of all the basic things that you're supposed to do if you're, if you're into like the sex trade, uh, it, it, like it kind of a career. Um, if it, if it's not like short term, uh, you know, there's uh, in, in sex work, there's a very high turnaround and usually people will just be a hooker for like a, a year or so, you know, just because they ran into hard times or uh, for a, a vast number of reasons. But the turnaround times really quick. Same thing with porn, you know, mm -hmm. maybe six months to two years and then you're out. But when you're in it as long as I, I have been um, and you actually you you hate the idea you abhor the idea of having a day job and <laughs> um you you, you kind of start to get your fingers into a lot of pots um so it sounds like everybody here is kind of juggling a lot in sex work and not anybody's just any one thing uh, which is really interesting um but now that we've kind of given our audience some background about who we are and what we do let me go ahead and be the first to start with the subject at hand, which is um, as a sex worker, uh, who who have who have we lost, um, if anyone, uh, as far as d being directly related to our job? Have we lost family members or loved ones or friends or whatever? And I I have directly because of the sex work. Now. Um, We've done shows where where we've talked about uh, lost loved ones. Not that this is like an, a constantly like a theme that constantly comes up, but it's not the saddest show on on earth. But <laughs> but we've done this. We've talked about this 
in regards to being a trans individual, um, which is a whole separate kettle of fish. Um, this is specifically, uh, I can't speak. Let's drink. Let's, let's for just, sex work? Yeah, yeah. Let's just drink some Cheers more. Cheers for sex That'll work. That'll fix it. Yeah, more drinks. Yay. <laughs> so um, my story is pretty simple because I'm, this isn't a humble brag or anything, but I'm very fortunate in that my family life is very awesome and very much intact. And everybody in my family knows what I do and nobody holds it against me. Um, uh, yeah. And, and I'm very, and I, and I'm very aware of how fortunate I am in that respect. Um, so that's why I want to get my story out of the way because I have lost uh, people uh, due to my sex work, but it's been um, uh, relationships, uh, specifically two people over the course of the 12 years I've been doing sex work, I've lost because of the sex work. Um, when I first got into the business, I was I was dating a girl. This is, a, I think I want to say like 2005, 2006. And I had a day job for like the first six months of our relationship. And, uh, I, 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 I've told this, I've told the story about how I got in sex work tons and tons of times, but I want this to relate to the relationship. Um, so I, I, let's just skip to the end and say, I discovered sex work about six months into my relationship with this girl. And, uh, and I was, I was really awful and bad about it because I kept it a secret. I flirted with it for a little while, um, because I, I was just sick of, of, working for somebody else i just wasn't built to take orders and i wasn't really built for customer service in a retail uh, environment um i'm hearing a, i'm hearing a plane or something Does plane, anybody hear guitar, that something? maybe a guitar on a plane I <laughs> no I, it passed it passed anyway um i got in i i, I got in sex work and uh, like an idiot uh uh I, I wasn't, I didn't cut. Well, I, I got to backtrack. I say like an idiot, I didn't cover my tracks, but like that's what, like an evil person would cover their tracks. I didn't go into this with any malice. I didn't think to cover my tracks because I, I wasn't trying to do anything wrong. And I was so naive about it. You weren't killing people. Now I wasn't sorry. killing people, but I was also in a committed relationship and yeah. I just was so, I was so naive and stupid and immature that I just thought I could have both, you know, I wanted my cake and I wanted to eat it too. You know, um, I was selfish, very, very selfish. Anyway, she did find out about it. She did not break up with me because of that, because she found out about the sex work. Instead, when she found out about it, I broke up with her because I felt like such a jackass, um, having like it all, the reality of the situation kind of came flooding in and, and I let her go and she protested and we got back together and we lasted for about three years while the whole time I'm doing sex work. And the way that she would uh, kind of meet, I, meet me eye to eye with the fact that I was doing sex work is that she decided she was going to get into sex work as well as a, as a porn star. Never an escort, but as a porn star. Kind of a tit for tat kind of arrangement. Well, if you're going to do this to make money, then I will also do a similar thing to bring in money. So we can, you know, have a household. And um, 
it turned out that her taste for sex work did not match my taste or acceptance of sex work. It wasn't for her. Uh, and when she bowed out of it, she not only was she sick of it, but she was not going to be in a relationship with somebody who was in it. And, and I, I couldn't let it go. Um, I valued the, the, uh, I, I don't know that that kind of sense of um, there's something about working in the sex industry that that gave me a kind of um, uh, an autonomy, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah, and I felt I felt like uh, I had actualized my own. You know, I wasn't answering to anybody. I could create opportunities for myself mm-hmm. to do anything I wanted that, that no other job could provide, and. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and and I thought that how could she not see that as much as I and I still you know I love the girl to this day. There's always going to be a her shaped part in my heart, you know, like shaped hole <laughs> um, that only she will be able to fill. But the fact of the matter is, if if I had given up all the sex work, it, and this isn't like a matter of like gambler's fallacy where I've, I've put so much in that I got to see it through or else I'm going to feel like a failure. No, I was very, very successful at it. And I had to keep seeing it through because my other option was absolute failure. You know, I work best within the margins of, of society. You know, um, I, I work best by being my own boss and making up my own rules. Um, and, and, you know, discovering the world for myself and she couldn't be a part of that journey anymore. And I hated to lose her, but those, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbled. And, and it, I went through like three years of crying myself to sleep, uh, beating myself up over not choosing a, a quote unquote normal life on the grid. Um, making deals with myself. Well, I'll only do sex work for six more months to build up my finances. And then I'll go totally legit so I can get back with her. None of that ever panned out. It never really panned out. Uh, it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't meant to, uh, not that it wasn't meant to be That's stupid. I'm not fatalistic like that or anything. It's just, I needed, I needed time to recognize that no matter how much I felt about somebody, you know, we're all separated temporally, and I, I, I couldn't appreciate the world that she wanted from me, and she couldn't give me the kind of world that I needed from her. And it just all of our practical um, living arrangement and the way we want to approach life was off. The feelings were on. The day-to-day life was just never gonna click. Um, and then, and and that's the first story. That's from back when I started in sex work. And uh, my second story is more recent. Um, there was a girl that I met uh, back in 2015 um, that was in porn already and uh, was in sex work. But when I met her, I had I didn't realize that her relationship with sex was a very unhealthy one. Um, and that she was, she was into the business, not so much out of her want to do the job, but because she was in a desperate place and was, and was acting out sexually and actually had no real interest in being in the business. 
And the longer we stayed together, the more that became apparent. And uh, it was, again, she out and out left me because everything that was horrible in her life, I was a reflection of that. And, and I handle it in such a healthy fashion. Like it's, it's such a, it's so normal to me and it's, it's so untoxic. And I try to do everything as ethically as I possibly can. You know, I pride myself on, on trying to show everybody around me that sex doesn't have to be a bad word and sex work doesn't have to be a scummy thing, you know, but she was so far beyond the pale and had gone through such abuse in her life that she was never going to be able to see my job as anything less than a, a means a, a, a means to like constitute pain, you know, and, and she, she no longer has a relationship with sex at all, let alone sex work. So that was that was just that was just doomed by toxicity uh, through circumstance. Um so, you know, and, and I've, I've, I like to hope that I've learned my lessons. Now, in that 12-year time span as a sex worker, those are like the two things that really fucked me up that uh, dealt directly with the sex work. Um, and I don't know. I, I like for, – for, for me, <laughs> uh, I – I'm – really enjoying staying single i'm not looking for love <laughs> at this point at my old decrepit age of 38 um i i, I think i want to stop putting those kind of roadblocks in my way until i've earned a relationship um which is why i'm extremely happy just being alone and not i don't want to risk putting somebody through a situation that they're not ready for. And I don't want to have to explain or apologize for the past 12 years of my life just to pursue a future relationship in case that's the case. Um, so I, I'm finding it easier just to be a lone agent. And I don't even date around. You know, I got my sex work. I got my cat and uh, sleep. I got plenty of sleep and a little bit of sake. And I'm good. <laughs> so long as I get the bills paid. Okay, so... That was me jawing at the mouth for uh, oh I don't know what three hours now. Um, who wants to who wants to go next and, and start telling stories? I'd, I'd like I'd like to say that the difference in your story, Jamie, reflects that you you have gone through quite a lot of growth in that in that time between the first story and the second story. And though that the circumstances are really different, it actually sounds like you know you yourself found a really healthy position within sex work and your attitudes and, and how you want to reflect that in your lifestyle. And yeah. it's just running up against circumstantial bad, bad luck within a person. And that's, that's really sad to hear. But um, it sounds like you yourself have undergone tremendous growth in order to get to that place and see that toxicity within another person and, and to like not become too entangled in that. Right, right. And I appreciate you saying so. Um, I'd like to hope that, you know, that is the case and that if I ever do falter or stumble, that I've surrounded myself with enough good people that will say, hey, Jamie, you're being a dick. Snap out of it. You know, um, that's I think that's the most important. Those, those are the relationships that I care about pursuing in my life is really good <coughs> friendships. I'm sorry. I'm fixing my mic here. There we are. Really good friendships that uh, 
that actually matter that have nothing that have everything to do with your I don't know. See, it, it just feels like when you're when you're in love with somebody or you're in a relationship with somebody, you got there's there's this kind of weird smoke screen and these rose tinted color glasses that each of you view each other through. And your friends, on the other hand, don't wear any glasses and hate smoke and they see everything about you. And they're they're a, a lot more prone to be honest and because they, they have no they have no like sex or romance or erotic or any of those kind of feelings to get from you so there's nothing to lose except a really good friend so they're going to be very very honest with you i'd like mm -hmm. to hope you know so so long as you're surrounding yourself by those kind of people um so those are the relationships that i'm interested in at this point in my life um mm -hmm. but I, I i really appreciate you saying so uh, that's really cool. Like what, uh, when we were talking on, um, on Twitter, uh, you said you had some, some kind of a, kind of a tough story and I don't want to put you on the spot. And again, only talk about the things you're comfortable talking about with for sure. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and tell us, because you, you said some things that were very intriguing that I'd like to see if, if you'd like to share with the audience. What did I say? What did yeah. I say? Well, it's there. I don't like. I I don't want to say because I don't want to put you on the spot. So just tell your story as you feel comfortable. I don't want to um, blow up your spot. <laughs> um, I wonder exactly what I was thinking about for referencing that night. Um, I guess my position is that um, I'm a sex worker and I have done sex work almost unbeknownst to myself for. Almost, almost 10 years, since 2008. Um, after I exited the military, I started to do casual escorting, um, basically finding sugar daddies to pay for this or for that. Um, oh, wow. And that kind of led me along down this road into my current position um, and relationship. But along the way, as I became more comfortable and confident with myself as a trans woman, um, it was also concurrent with like my acceptance of myself as a sex worker. I realized within myself that there were sexual dimensions about myself that I couldn't avoid, that I couldn't ignore in a relationship because they were tearing them apart. Um, my secret lifestyle was just like shredding totally like legit relationships. Um, so I understood that, like, I needed to have those sexual dynamics acknowledged within um, a relationship type and within my lifestyle in general in order to become healthy. And at the same time, um, yeah, I saw the total disintegration of my relationships with my family as well as with my friends. And now, if, yeah. sorry, sorry to interrupt, but. Do you is that because of the sex work or is that because of the trans stuff or is it a mixture of the two? It has definitely been a mixture of the two. Oh, um, you know, and it makes it hard to tell which it could be with some people. Uh, with my family, for instance, um, there's some definitely resistance towards like my being trans. Um, but I the intolerance that I get from them is 
is wrapped up in my sex work and as well as my lifestyle choices, as well as being uh, in, in the type of relationship that I'm in. Um, I'm sorry, because I'm just I'm just thinking here. Um, do you think if you if 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 trans was an issue, if you weren't trans, but yet you were still in sex work, do you think you'd catch as much flack? Um, that's hard for me to to guess uh, because you know, like I saw the early disintegration of those relationships happen because I was trans. I saw the weakening of those things because I was trans, and also like. Uh, like my realization and my awakening as a trans person was kind of um, it was parallel to my activity in sex work. I see. I see. Do you, now, can I ask? Do you have you say family? Do you have brothers and sisters? I have a sister. Yes, um, it, I have some half brothers that are very distant. Um, uh, uh, my okay, mother and father are still alive. As well as my stepfather. I see. How old's your sister? She's thirty now. Thirty. Yes. Yeah. So, do you, if she came out and said that she was a sex worker, how do you think the family would take that? Uh, with disbelief. But actually, when you put it that way, I've never ever thought of that. But do you it's hard for me to think that they would be unsupportive towards her, towards her. See, that's what, I was, a, that's what I was curious about. She's such a bright spot in the family. And, uh, yeah. And my being trans is a total problem to her specifically. So. How, much, uh, how much does your family actually know about your sex work? Do they just have, like, a vague idea? Or do, do they out and out know all the stuff you do? They out... They know all the stuff that I do. Um, wow. I've, been, I've been open with it recently on social, on personal social medias. Uh, but before that they were pretty aware because like they were shadow following with me. Uh, my sister became aware of my sex worker um, social media profiles like a few summers ago, um, 2015. And at that point, the rest of the family then became aware yeah. very quickly. Uh, and, and then it, it's followed suit. It's just been a very like uh, negative. I, again, I don't. I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position, so you can tell me to fuck right off when I ask you things. Please, by all means, say Jamie's get fucking bent. Um, I'll get bent. Uh, but how does how does how does their dissatisfaction or their disapproval manifest itself? I mean, do they not talk to you? Do they tell you outright we don't approve or? Do they take things from you or what is it? What's the deal? Oh, all right. Well, the deal is that my mother has been, has been my bully for a while. That's just been the situation with her. Before I was a sex worker, um, around the time I came out as trans her in 2012, um, just there was a quick de uh, dis dissolving of our, of a good relationship that we had been building upon. Um, but at this point it just manifests itself and parts of the family don't talk to me. Um, my mother will do these kind of trollish things where she will not talk to me for a long time. Um, 
then she will like slowly get into my social media profiles and like like a few pictures slowly um, until the point where I'm usually the person who comes around and wants to like know how she's doing, know how the family's doing, know if there's like, if I can offer any sort of like positivity in my life and say that I'm doing well and that I have a secure, happy relationship, that maybe that would help uh, her get past some things. But it, it usually turns into uh, a, a really dark experience really quickly. Uh, breaks um, down into chaos, I guess. Yes, yes. Where, I mean, not only will she voice her disapproval towards my sex work, but it becomes, uh, all the all the trans talk becomes very muddled. All the, uh, uh, but, you know, like, I've had to understand that my family is, is like kind of born in that ignorance. Like my family is racist. My mother is also racist. My oh no, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of getting the yeah. I'm kind of getting the picture you're painting here. They're they're casual racists. They think it's cute. Um, oh jeez. And so there's there's almost nothing I can tell her to to take away the stigma that they already feel. Um, and so like my mother, my sister, and my grandmother are all very tight. These were like the most three most powerful. Uh, women in my life and you know they tattled on my grandmother and I got a birthday card from my grandmother this year just essentially telling me to like put on my pants and go back to work um not, not realizing that I'm like happy in my job and that I'm doing better than I than they have ever known me to be actually right right um, I have I'm more protected I'm I'm safer than I've ever been um, and, and how I practice sex work and, and just in my relationships with people and more safe than I, I could have ever been. And, and it's just really interesting that despite that, uh, it's, it's just this kind of constant toxicity and pushing away from these people, you know? Yeah. And, and then it's usually made out to be my fault. Like, I'm not close to the family and that's my decision. <laughs> if if you were to if you were to just say I'm not trying to fix all your problems for you, um, but I, that's that's really awful, and I really empathize with that. If you were to say go around like just could you are you able to visit your mom like physically go and hang out with your mom? Like if you no. went oh no, is it just no, because be, she's be very far away or she wouldn't allow you? She wouldn't allow um, you in. I at this point I wouldn't allow her in. I'm a little physically afraid of my mother. Um, oh, I see. There, she's a bitch. She can be a very chaotic person, and I never know if she's going to go off the handle. Um, oh, I see. And it, it it can be it can be just the thinking about it is very uncomfortable because she can be an extremely uncomfortable person to be around. Uh, so I'm I'm very sorry to hear that. The thing I was gonna say though, if that was an option, I was gonna ask, can can you have a relationship with your mother where you kind of compartmentalize for her, not for you, but for her, just just take trans and sex work off of the table. Don't allow it to be a a, a subject of contention or discussion that belongs to you. She doesn't have to know anything about that part of your life. And if you could have a relationship, you know, from that, from that point, you know, just, just don't allow her to 
have any of that so. information. You don't think that would help? I mean, because I, that's that I it's your life and you, you get to own those things and she doesn't have to know. It's not her right to know what you do with your business or your personal life if you so choose, especially if it if it, it comes in the form of a wedge between you and your mother. So if you just took those things away from her, do you think that there's a chance that you guys could, you know, be mother and daughter again? I have always very much wanted the relationship she's had with my sister. Yeah. And and I want I have I have tried to factor out so many ways as to how how we could get there. And and that's what happens that's what keeps me opening up to this toxic person is that I keep believing that it might be possible. I watch the Kardashians and I'm like, look, these bitches can totally deal with this absolute psycho of a mother, Chris Jenner. And they can still find a way to get along with her. They can nag her, they can rag on her, but they still, at the end of the day, have a very loving and like legit relationship. And it kind of makes me want to open up to my mother again and try to find, is there some avenue that I haven't taken before with this person, but I'm the one that keeps getting slapped in the face. I'm the one that keeps getting rejected and pushed away from the family. And as much as I, I, if I could remove those factors, like I, I would, I wouldn't have any of these problems if, if that was possible. But I also think that this, that my mother is kind of obsessed with these details in the same way that a troll would be, Right. Uh, that she, that she loves to find things to, to stick it to me and that she actively resents me for killing her son. Uh, I see. I see. Yeah, but, you, you, I'm sorry, Stephanie. You were gonna. I interrupted you like twice. Now, what were you gonna say? Huh? No, it's fine. Um, uh, no. From what I hear, though, it sounds like um, your mother's uh understanding of sex work and trans is kind of based off of, of course, of uh, you know, uh, antiquated stigma or you know, preconceived. Uh, very emotion. Catholic woman. <laughs> yeah, like you know, old traditions, religious, whatever religion. Um, yeah. Of of what she thinks it is. And no matter how much you try to say, Hey, I'm happy. I'm healthy. You know, I'm doing da, 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 da. Be happy for me. She can't. Um, and that's sad. That's sad. Um, yeah. Do you feel like it would, it would benefit you more to just cut ties, um, instead of trying to work it out and make something happen. And that's what my partner uh, recommends that I do and I really wish that I had just the fortitude to just take one way with with a person but maybe that's what makes me a little bit foolish is that like I just I never I never call the last word on on a human heart and especially your mother of course uh, I can I can be, totally can very hard yeah, I can totally sympathize with you. You, you know what I would su suggest, at, at least to give yourself a little respite, a little um, some calmness mm. in your heart about this. You may have to take it to like a systematic level, which is to say, why, why don't why don't you do? How about we'll call it we'll call it birthdays and holidays, and and you don't talk to your mom except for birthdays and holidays. You send her a gift. You show nothing but love. You don't you don't bring up anything dramatic. You just shower your mother with love from your end. And and you just let her know that 
let her know the only thing that she'll know about you is how much you love her and that and how decent you are for remembering her and wanting to stay in contact with her and and you know just because your mom's difficult doesn't mean you don't get to love her so enjoy that you love your mom and and just keep it to birthdays and holidays that way you get to do something and it's pure and it's giving it's not taking it's giving and and let and let that hopefully kind of wear her down and melt her heart a little bit because otherwise with the kind of person that you're dealing with just from the limited information you've given me anything else is going to be like trying to squeeze blood from a stone you know so maybe find a different approach to having you know craft a new kind of relationship with your mom something that you're in control of something that that can't be taken from you you know give give and love and do it on days that have punctuations that she'll recognize and 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 maybe that that could at least be a starting point um and and kind of relieve your shoulders of this weight that 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 this relationship is bearing on you I, I don't know that's just an idea hon I, i'm just it's a very sweet idea and i like that like it's a totally positive approach i i'd like to take that distant and just loving approach because it's 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 something that i have to think about and and consider um, of course of course because like I can't expect this person to change, I can't expect to break this person down, or that this person is going to at some point accept me because that I've just given and shown that gratitude. Yeah. Um, because for me right now, it's it's just like a vacuum, a vacuous kind of feeling. Uh, and I and but maybe yeah. in time I, well, that can be healed. Even with Jamie's. Even with Jamie's explanation, uh, with the option or, um, you know, thing she said, um, maybe you could even try to focus on maybe even just doing that, doing that for you even more, you know, and if it works out for your mom, then that's, that's the plus side. That's even the, that's a better side, but just for you to feel peace, if that's something that you can do. If that's something well, that, I, yeah, I think, yeah. I, you know, I think the important thing is that, sure, we might all agree that you probably can't change your mom's point of view right now. Yeah, that probably can't be changed right now. But more importantly, you can't be changed. Nobody's ever going to change your mind that you love your mom. And that's that's the point of strength that maybe you should be concentrating on. Maybe not how much you can change your mom or how much she ought to be changed, but how you're already so good that you don't need to be changed and concentrate on that part of the equation and, and let that provide a little bit of strength for you. I don't know if that sounds corny, but no, that's pretty much why I said do it for you because I mean, you are a good person, obviously. So, I mean, just trying to heal that toxicity uh, um, for you at first, and then maybe in the long run, it might change your mom's heart. Yeah. You know, if that's something you can do, because I know it's kind of hard to be, to be, you know, 
um, giving with somebody who's been nothing but, you know, toxic to you. It's kind of hard, but I mean, if maybe, I don't know, maybe that might strengthen those. It might strengthen at least in your mind first. And, you know, and like, I mean, birthdays and holidays, that sounds like actually a pretty good thing. If, if I had problems with a family, I would just send something on, um, my mom's birthday or my dad's birthday or whatever. And then maybe on some holidays. I mean, that's if you can too, so don't like go crazy over it. But I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad idea, but I mean, it's whatever works for you. Of course, you'd, you'd have to examine to see if that would actually work out for you. If that would make I, any difference. I do. Uh, yeah, I do. Cause my mom, my mother is the kind of type who can also use gifts as, um, Kind of like spite missiles. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I could, I could I give her something, and then she could destroy it in front of me. Very, very yeah, easy. yeah. There could always be that too, and it doesn't always have to be like expensive gifts. You know, of course, it could just be a gesture of love. That's all. That's all. That's all. It's required. Just like a card. Say, hey, you know, I'm still here, and I still love you, no matter what you think about me. You know, it's, some, it's something I'm interested in exploring, at least for myself, uh, trying to find peace within my family because I do wish them well. And, yeah, of course. And I, you know, I do accept them as they are. Um, you know, I understand that those are complex relationships, and it, and that's why it's like a weird connection to have. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just shitty that I mean, of course, there are different. It's a different generation there it's a different belief system you know they they believe in different things they you know hold different views on things so it's 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 kind of hard to change that you know in amount of time so just yeah just do what makes you the most comfortable and um if that's whatever whatever you suggested or, or whatever you feel in your heart's right you know yeah. that that would i and, appreciate the considerations that Never I want to give you a big like, hug. <laughs> talk to me about it or try to. Thank you. Hug received. Of so. course. And uh, honey, of of course, you know, after the show, um, if you find yourself, you know, we're here. You know, you have you have friends, even though we're you know, we're not in your immediate proximity. If you need something to talk about, if you're about to do something that you uh if you're about to like go into a bad conversation with your mom or something and you feel like you want to talk about it and kind of buffer before you, you get yourself into another pickle. You, you can always stop and go, you know what? Let me talk to somebody first before, yeah, I before mean, maybe if Kai is busy, you know, or something, just you DM me or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's you always have people to talk to and we're always here. That's the, that's Thank the whole you. reason. The whole reason I became a sex worker. So I didn't have to leave I'm the house. Sex work. So, <laughs> Um, I, I have found such a community with sex workers themselves. Like I would never replace that. And, and thank you for reaching out and just making that reassurance because I'm not going to be talking to my mother anytime soon uh, or, or any of the rest of my family. But like, if I have to brace myself, it's good to know I can count on you guys. Thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. We got to be here for each other because we all go through these things. If they're not the same things, they're different things. But they're, yeah, they're all these are yeah. these are all of our experiences are variations on a theme. You know, <laughs> you know, they're all different songs, but they're all beat we can groove to. Um, Mercy, sorry, are you still Hi. there, hon? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. 
I was just listening very intently. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, uh, why don't you, um, if you, if you're ready, if you want to, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on with, with Mercy. Um, uh, I can give a little bit of background as to like, uh, my sex work and how I started basically. Um, uh, I've been doing part-time, um, fetish modeling, cam work, and phone sex since I was 18. Um, And then, uh, but that was all part-time, and I worked in customer service generally um, uh, as my full-time job. And then would just, when I needed extra money or when I was particularly unhappy in a relationship, I would kind of turn to sex work as a distraction and out of, uh, you know, not not necessarily desperation, but just being like, I don't want to pick up extra hours at my job, but because I hate my job, I want to do something different. And so, uh, <laughs> but I didn't really like doing that because A, I didn't really know what I was doing. I wasn't really, it wasn't lucrative because I just wasn't, uh, I just didn't know how to conduct myself exactly. And also it just... Right it wasn't the right time for it. It just, I kept sort of just not feeling right to me. And eventually, um, not, not the work itself, but just, I didn't feel I was ready for it. I felt like I was missing some type of something. I just, the, and it really, it came down to confidence. And I, uh, I ended up going through about like a year and a half of therapy before I was actually confident enough to like start doing porn and to start getting into the adult industry in the way that I wanted to. Um, (laughs) but, um, uh, but yeah, so I've been doing it on and off for that long. I'm 28 now, and um, I uh, really have had a half and half situation when it comes to um, my family and uh, supportiveness on my mother's side. Everyone has known what I do since I was 18. Um, they all kind of had to learn about me being kinky uh, through. I would always had older boyfriends. I had bruises and marks that I needed to explain it, explain to them and tell them I wasn't self-harming or I wasn't being abused, you know, and things like that. And so people found out I was kinky and, um, and that led to me just being comfortable with talking to that side of my family about whatever I did. Cause they just supported me as long as I was, as long as I was being safe and I was happy. Um, on the other side, I have my father, his wife and uh, two half sisters and they're very conservative, very Christian. Um, uh, I sense and, a theme. <laughs> yeah, very, very conservative, very Christian. Um, so, and just very un- immovable in their beliefs, um, and always have been. And I never really, I never really had a great relationship with my father or my half sisters, but they were always a part of my life. Um, I do know them very well. Uh, but <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I didn't really. Uh, as far as coming out as a sex worker, I just always assumed it would never happen with the conservative part of my family because I just, I didn't, I don't care what they think when it comes to that or pretty much anything else. I, I, you know, I know that the only thing that the only, they would only contribute to stress in my life and just say negative things and be concerned for the wrong reasons and chastise me for doing something that I love. And so I just had decided a long time ago that I wasn't going to deal with that unless it got shoved in my face somehow. And, um, and I was very, I'm, I'm very satisfied with my mother and my grandparents, aunts, uncles, everyone on my mother's side knowing. And that's, I feel very good with that. Um, but uh, I'd say probably about four months ago, um, my, uh, 
and this comes down to these are I guess this is the first real I would say like difficult loss I've experienced because of my sex work I've had uh I've I feel like it's come up in relationships before I've lost friends because they couldn't relate on a job level anymore the we used to bitch about our job and then once my job I couldn't bitch about it and when I did talk about it it was about sex work they couldn't really handle it so I've lost friends that way but I uh this is really the first time that I've experienced a difficult loss and it's my one of my sisters found uh, a social networking site that I'm on Inst- or they found me on Instagram and nothing obscene obviously it's Instagram right. um but they you know she immediately saw like queer sex worker, um, uh, just all these words like uh, ABDL, BDSM, like all these things that like she just immediately was just like, you know, uh, she didn't know what to do. And she just wrote me a message, of course, um, uh, through the social networking. And I explained, I was just like, please don't message me here. It's not the safest thing for you to like be using Right. You know, you know, just any information about me personally on this in case something happens to my account. And um, so we started talking over text message and I just uh, I got exactly what I expected, which, you know, and this is from my youngest sister who's in her early 20s. And I got what I expected, which was just, you know, I can't believe what you're doing. This is absolutely awful. Your body is just for you and your partner. I can't believe what you show people. I do you know how you look in the eyes of mothers of daughters? She just had a baby. So, you know, it's like she really, really wanted to focus on like if her daughter did this, like what would ha- what she would do and how she would feel about it. And just basically uh, decided to go through the regular like what people say when they don't know about sex work but they find out you're a sex worker (laughs) and then also threw in that like it it was just very obvious a lot of the anger that she was throwing towards me wasn't just because I was a sex worker but it was things dredged up from our childhood that she had not dealt with that we had not dealt with because my family on that side doesn't talk about family issues and so it was just it became a flood of just what was okay to hurl at me because well it's okay to publicly dislike a family member because they're a sex worker it's not okay just to dislike them because they're a shitty person or they're your sister but if they're a sex worker if they're a whore that's fine people understand that you know so it's they are uh she basically started to intertwine you know argue with me and intertwine things that didn't relate to my sex work at all didn't relate right. to her finding out about it things just about me I left my hometown and she associates me leaving home with starting sex work which I didn't start full-time sex work I started sex work long before I left my hometown and you know but she won't give me the time of day to talk about it or to say anything about it um <clears throat> and I found out how she found my social networking actually I just remembered this was that one of my sisters apparently um, my other sister who won't talk to me, um, found, uh, saw a GIF on Reddit, I guess, saw a GIF of me and was very shocked and appalled and didn't, didn't know how to react and had to sick my other sister on me and all this stuff. So, right. <laughs> um, but I guess the real kicker was just her saying that she couldn't support my lifestyle and that meant she could never let me meet her child because that would, you know, what if he found out what I did in 15 years when he learns to use the internet? And um, that would show that he supported my lifestyle if she let me meet her child. So, you know, it's just things like that. It, j- it just don't make sense. And basically, 
I'll wrap this up fairly quickly. Um, but oh, that no, happened. No, no, and, take your time on, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that that happened, and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do about my father because they swore they weren't going to tell my father. And I didn't know if I believed them or if they were just going to bring it up at like Christmas when one of them wanted to deflect from their own drama because I know how my family is. So I let it roll around in my head and I figured they weren't going to tell them because they don't like, they weren't going to tell my father because they don't like drama. And um, uh, my partner happened to have work in my hometown <clears throat> recently. And uh, we were just going to be there for a day or two, and I decided to ask my dad to lunch um, since I had the opportunity. And, you know, we sat down, and this was after just my sisters refusing to interact with me or talk to me at all. Um, and so I sat down and I started with just, you know, hey, I need to let you know your, your daughters don't want me to meet their kids, and uh, they're not talking to me, and they cut me out of the family. And of course, that was a shocker to him, and he was upset and wanted to know why. And and I said, why? And <clears throat> I said that I was in the adult entertainment industry or something, something that I knew he would get. And uh, right, right. he asked me what that meant. And I asked him if he wanted to know. And he said, yeah, I guess. And I said, porn. And then he said, okay, that's all I want to know. And um, Right, okay, fair. Yeah, um, and which I'm fine with that. But uh, I... At first, I thought he was gonna. I, I, I thought he was gonna outright reject me. He was gonna get upset. He wasn't gonna know what to do. And I mean, he was fairly calm, um, which he hadn't been in previous things like that I'd gone through the te as a teenager with him and stuff. And he was calm and you know said that it's scary as a father to hear that, um, and that you know he respects me as an adult and knows that he has no control over what I do and that he's my father and nothing can scare him away, which it's nice. It's really nice to have him say those things, but also I know that he went to my sisters immediately after and said the exact opposite, which sucks. It's basically, he was trying to not upset me and not have drama with me. And then he went and told my sisters how disappointed he was in me and how scared well, he is for me for my now. safety. And you know, like, so anyway, yes. Yeah. Not to, I mean, not to. Okay, so do you think? Do you think he might have done that because he, he probably. Now I'm making conjecture here. Mm -hmm. Completely, tell me to shut the fuck up if I'm wrong. <laughs> but from his point of view, he mm -hmm. has he has daughters uh, mm -hmm. of several different flavors. And yeah. he's, he's trying to tell everybody what they want to hear mm -hmm. so that he can have a relationship with everyone, despite them not being able to have a relationship with themselves. Yeah, it's I mean, I guess how I see it is just that he's, the, the, he's always just. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think he's erring on the side of trying to do good? But not realizing how kind of ham-fisted it is. <laughs> uh, I I mean it's definitely uh, definitely I, I could see that. I feel like it's giving me giving this person a little more credit than they oh, deserve. Okay. Like I personally, um, but uh, but I think it's more or less like it's he as as much as he's raised he raised his daughters and me um, to be to not like anything different to treat to to you know to be uh, just basically just to be really conservative to be in immovable in your opinions and ideas and all these yeah. things and it's um, us versus them kind of mentality but even within that mentality he always was very family oriented and was very you know like oh well you you 
all these things, all these things are terrible, but you take care of family, you don't reject family, you keep family around, family's very important, it's the most important thing. And so these two sort of conflicting ideas where he wants right. to say, oh yes, of course, of course they would think sex workers are gross and they would be upset at you and take it personally. But then also, well, why the fuck are they rejecting you and cutting you out of their lives? I've taught them that family is the most important thing and you're their sister. And so I think it's more of just a confliction on his part as to not, you know, like, oh, oh, no, I told them to hate freaks, but there's one in the family, you know. And Right. Yeah. It's, it sounds so, like, oh, sorry. I don't mean to cut in. <laughs> but no, no, go ahead. No. It's, it's, it sounds like it's um. so he's. He's trying to play both sides of the field, pretty much. He's trying to say, yeah, there is, there's, um, well, uh, the, the way I'm hearing it, and again, this goes with the theme is that it's not necessarily the, it's, it's not the, it's not the sex workers that are having the problem. It's, it's that when sex work is presented to somebody that is conflict, uh, that is maybe on the wrong side of history or a little bit conflicted, they don't even know they're conflicted until they have to deal with the reality. And mm -hmm. then you're completely smashing somebody's worldview where mm -hmm. the sex worker part's fine. You know, all we want to do is love our family. <laughs> like we don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to hate anybody. We're not, but just because we're the, we're now the other in a system that was full of sameness, mm -hmm. you know, then, you know, I, I wonder, I wonder if, cause it's, it's really easy to look at somebody that you think is hateful or, or has a kind of like, you know, separation in their heart, you know, somebody that's into mm -hmm. tribalism and, oh, in this case, like nationalism, patriotism, jingoism, mm -hmm. uh, these kind of things that we say, yes, no, those are bad qualities. And this is you know, the very reason that we have this show tonight is because those are bad qualities. It's causing uh, dissension amongst people that should love each other. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they take the time to, if, if, if there is that schism that that makes them go that if they question themselves at all when faced with this yeah. when they do get a trans kid or they do get a sex worker in their family if if there is some part that they'll never let you know but maybe they like a little thing goes off in the back of their head that maybe do, do they ever wonder am 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 I the asshole <laughs> you know and you, <laughs> And, and I, well, go ahead. Go well, ahead. Um, I, yeah, like I was just trying to say, it was um, like it, it. It seems like he's trying to, uh, like it, it. Like I said, playing both sides of the fence, but also like really just recognizing you as you know, this is my kid, so I want my kid to be happy. So whatever my what my kid yeah. is doing, am I off base there? I mean. No, no, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's the thing. It's just, I also feel like it's, he knows that he, yeah. I know I'm not going to cut him out of my life unless he's terrible to me. He's, he's been like fairly level-headed to me as an adult. I just know that he doesn't want any deeper of a relationship with me because if he does, yeah. then he'll find out things he doesn't like. And yeah. that's, you know, not just, and it's not just me bringing up sex work or, uh, you know, anything about, you know, gender or sexuality, just, just, you know, things about just how I live my day-to-day -day life, you know, it's, it's just, he doesn't quite understand, it's just me in the yeah. city and all these different things, but, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know, it's definitely been pretty difficult, but it's just been nice to have the other side of the family to be able to say, like, oh yeah, we're here, don't worry about it, like, they're assholes, you know, and I, I just, I also, I just also wonder, uh, 
I, I'm curious to see if my sisters will come around, but they have so much anger harbored towards me because of, you know, childhood stuff, like I said, about me leaving and all that. And it's really acceptable. Yeah. It's it's acceptable for them to dislike me and cut me out now, you know, and uh, never deal with those issues because of this issue. And that's what the most difficult thing is. They're yeah. cutting me out and making assumptions based on, you know, all sorts of different things. And that's also, I guess, the thing... I don't know if you, if, uh, if any of you have experienced this, but people that get upset at you about things that you're doing um, <clears throat> in sex work, family and whatnot, and know exactly what you're doing there. That's, I would rather have them be upset at me if they like talk to me and I explained what I do for a living and how I conduct myself and what my business is like. And if they were upset at that and they wanted to talk about the actual details of like why they don't like exactly what I do, I'd be fine with that. But it's making a bunch of assumptions. Right. Uh, and works. then yeah. being mad at me about those, about yeah. lies that they're making up. And it's like, no, yeah. be mad about the truth. If you're going to be mad well, about not, the truth, you yeah, know, it's, not, it's fine. It's like not even giving you a chance to talk pretty much. It's like, but you don't understand. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're upset with the, with the narrative that they came up with in their head. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, they're only going off of what they saw in movies or what they saw in crime dramas or yeah. I know, mean, what my they about amongst each other. <laughs> my um, sister's number one, you know, thing was she's like, uh, when she's like, you're in porn, I can't believe it. I mean, girls get tricked. And I was just like what do you mean by that? Please elaborate. And she just right. couldn't. She was like, just girls get tricks. That can happen. And I'm like, but what do you mean? Can we she's, tell? Yeah. Like she, saw hot girls she saw hot girls went in and she's like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, you know, yeah. You show one kid, one Netflix yeah. special and the whole Seriously. fucking world goes to hell. <laughs> what, you know, it, I mean, me, I'm brash and I got a big mouth and, um, and like my immediate response would be, well, sit down, sister. Here's the deal. I'm actually in porn. So let me tell you how it goes. And I would go on yeah. a huge diatribe. Um, but there's only so much you can tell people I know, when they're, I know, when they're upset I know. and they it, have those blocks. Yeah, and know? it turns out it's it's not even worth the trouble, you know, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> which is, you know, if you care about the relationship that you have with your sister, I, I would still I would defer on the side of strategic relationship. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I would for, you know, not you wouldn't be not talking about your sex work or any other things that they don't like uh, as a detriment or, or a mark of shame for yourself. You would just use that absence of information as a kind of mm -hmm. a social lubricant to get back into the good graces with your sister, because maybe their minds will never get changed. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and, yeah. and so maybe, yeah. <clears throat> Well, I feel like what you were talking about is what I've sort of uh, earlier um, with uh, River, you were talking about how, you know, just making sure you're positive. Like if you want to have a connection with these people, you but you know they're too stubborn to have that conversation to treat you like a human, whatever it is, then just be positive and just send love and just be positive. And that's the worst punishment for them because they want you to act out and they want <laughs> you to be upset at them. So right. it drives people nuts when you're fucking nice to them, when they expect you to be rude, it drives them insane. Oh, and so that's, that's sort of what I've done my entire life is just yeah. thrown positivity towards people. Of course, cutting people out that I can't deal with, but just making sure yeah. there's, you know, they send me these big long email or text messages about how horrible I am. And it's like, well, if you ever actually want to talk about these things, I'm here. I love you. Have a great day. I hope your kids are doing well, you know, and that's yeah. that. It's, uh, and it's just, that's all I can do. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, okay. I, I think a good option would be is just taking that conversation completely off the table until they want to hear you first. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I also got, uh, okay, now tell me, I'm going to get into weird uh, conspiracy theory shit for just a second. So, guys, shut me down as soon as I sound crazy. She's but turning Alex Jones. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> but I got this, I got this, I got this weird idea. Um, as far as your, uh, your sisters are concerned, people that are conservative, religious, I'll take it right leaning a bit. Mm-hmm. Incorrect there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, these they, these are kind of authoritarian people, and that's a, actually a thing that you could use to your advantage, and this is what I mean. Your sisters really respect your dad, I imagine. Yeah, to okay. the point of, like, ignoring... Your, your, your dad yeah. is, he is the, he is the alpha, the figurehead of the family. Everybody trusts dad. If dad yeah, says something, sure. everybody's got to listen, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, here's the deal. You got in you it, out of all the people that you've described in your family so far, it sounds like the closest in you have is to your dad. dad. So here's what you do. You just slowly but surely melt away at your dad and let him disseminate the acceptance across the other daughters instead of you. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, really it makes sense. But it's just I don't as much as I, I wish that could happen. Like I said, I just think it's giving way too much credit to someone that doesn't want to cause problems. They, all they want to do is just not cause problems and I, I not know. have drama, you know, so. No, it's, and that's why I said it's a conspiracy theory thing. Because yeah, this, yeah. this is the idea that looks great on paper. It would make a great episode of a, a TV. Yeah, if, yeah. If they had a <laughs> conscience, if they felt like they actually thought things through and gave a shit, like yeah, but no, it's uh, that definitely makes sense. And I think some of that is capable of happening with him not completely cutting me out, not necessarily accepting me fully, but still saying, you know, it's your sister. Like I'm gonna invite her to you know christmas or the, you know mm-hmm. this is your sister or yeah. whatever and really the funniest thing was just that i was using this time when they been like all right i'm a sex worker i'm coming out to them as queer as non-binary like they won't even talk about that which is hilarious like <laughs> my my sex work completely overrode any other coming out any other thing that they would care about or be upset about wow. which i thought was the weirdest thing yeah yeah like they don't my sisters yeah. were like they found my social networking and it talks all about like how I identify and everything. And they just like, didn't even bring it up. Didn't even like nothing. It was just complete and utter like sex work. You're terrible. Oh my God. And I was like, well, guess I got to skip the coming out part a little bit and go straight to the, you're a terrible person for this. Like, Oh my God. It was so <laughs> odd. Oh, it's so, it's so weird. Different families, like their ethical and moral priorities from one family to the next, what people, tend to think is important you know yeah out of all the not important things <laughs> all the different things <laughs> they all think that they're taking the high road but they're all really just uh plugging up the, the avenues for everyone else they're, yeah there's missing out on love is basically what it is that's <laughs> it, uh, that's that's the yeah. goddamn saddest part <laughs> is that yeah at the end at the end of all of this when all the dust settles all it is is people allowing the least amount of love into their life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, standing in the way of love. Yeah. Is that a title for this episode? Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sex work in the way of love. Oh man, <laughs> uh, guys. Okay, so is everybody is everybody thoroughly bummed out? <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Let me I bum me out. Further. I could use a drink now. I need some of that. I think I think please. we could all use a drink. I think. What I'm gonna do? She's unless, passing it to me actually. When no, I don't, when I don't, when when y'all are already bummed out, and that's <laughs> not a good. <laughs> I'm, I'm fortunate enough where 
the conversation of what I did didn't come up so much. I always kind of lied and said I was just modeling because I was, I was modeling. But yeah, I um, think a lot of us say that yeah. as a as a kind of a buffer when it yeah. comes to breaching the uh, conversation with yeah. family. I say friends. entertainment. Yeah, 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 because you know, like some people, everybody, everybody's minds go different places when yeah. you say model or entertainment. It goes yeah. to where like it says a lot more about them than it says about you, and they'll pick yeah. what they want to. Yeah, here's a kernel of truth. Let it grow, however it of grows course. in your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And once you get all the time when you say modeling, you're always like, um, they're always like, oh, well, what, what, what kind of fashion, whatever. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, well, I do adult modeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, I I try to keep it vague with my family because I'm like, I know they're not gonna want to hear me about getting pounded in the ass and stuff like that. <laughs> so <laughs> not that you'd want to share that not anyway. That I would want to, yeah, of course. Um, um, so yeah, I I keep it vague. Um. Uh, along as long with the sex work goes, um, I haven't had a problem, but I've lost a lot of family, so I didn't really have the chance to have that problem. Uh, when you say you lost a lot, you mean by by death? Oh, okay. Um, okay. My uh, and I know that's probably like really bummer right. after everybody else is bummered, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I guess I, I I was kind of fortunate with not having my family being too outcasting with stuff um and also not fortunate because they couldn't really had time because they passed away my dad and my mom passed uh, my, my dad and my mom and my dad and my grandma passed away my grandpa had a uh, alzheimer's so he didn't really he really didn't know who i was anyways he was like oh you're, you're this thing or that thing aren't you you know <laughs> Uh, and that was like pertaining to names but i don't want to be specific of so, course so what i'm hearing here is that in the worst possible fashion, you escaped all the turmoil that so well, many people just, go through in the worst possible way. Well, I kind of just wanted to everybody cut, died. I kind of just wanted to. Well, other than other than the deaths after the deaths, especially, I kind of just wanted to cut out and start doing my own thing. Uh, my mom was the only one who kind of gave me a little bit of shit for being trans and being a sex worker, but more actually for being trans and being a sex worker. Um. Well, that's that's a topic that we are definitely gonna we're gonna make a whole you know okay so just like really quick we have but a we whole, have a good conversation we have a good yeah. relationship now and she knows about me doing sex work and we actually talk about it sometimes in detail. <laughs> so oh, so in a, wow. in a really in a really morbid way, there is somebody has a happy ending. I, I don't. I wouldn't call it happy ending. I would call it a, a slightly less it, it, within the confines of this very narrowed particular problem as far as a sex worker goes you are the one that kind of got off scot-free more or less but at the hands of death well i mean I there's nothing i can't salvage this this is every it's everything sad please by all means i also feel like though if if they wouldn't have passed they would have also came around to to realizing that you know it's not that bad. I, I don't know. As much as my family was conservative and Christian and da 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 da, da I was their kid, you know. So they were like, you know, I can't, I can't tell you what to do. I can't da da da. da I can, you know, that, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just that way. I don't know. I guess maybe it was just because I could cook some damn good food around the house. I don't know. <laughs> Mercy, what were you guys say, oh. Mercy? Uh, the only other thing that I wanted to say, which is sort of on the flip side of what you were saying about your experience, Jamie, was um, that uh, 
you're saying that you're like that you're single and that you're not really looking to or that you're not really looking to have like a relationship like yeah, um it's, yeah it's not it's not on the top of my priority list and so i feel like um along with just a lot of changes that have been going on with like my uh, my own identity and my just my life taking on sex work full time um something that's actually really helped me is i've been able to like understand that i just need because I, I am a person that likes to have partners that likes to be in relationships and being able to find people that accept me 100 percent. there isn't a certain part there isn't any part of my life or part of my work or part of my identity that they don't understand see and accept and i for a long time that i would i would settle for partners that only saw part of me only knew about part of what i did and i realized that for me part of the healing process of not having the most support from certain parts of my family and not being able to communicate things to people is finding those people that can respect me and know about all of those parts of me and i think you know it's different for each person um and so, and I feel like I've, uh, I just, you know, finished, I got, I got, uh, did my two year anniversary with my partner and they're just like, they're the best. I'm so fucking happy. Thank you. I'm there. We're so fucking happy. And just, it's just been the best, most positive thing. And it's not that all of my relationships beforehand were negative, but this relationship has taught me that I, they can be positive and completely helpful in these types of situations. Uh, when sex work and when extremely emotional things come up, like to have someone that knows about all of it and can, you can just talk to you honestly about things and about who you are it's just so wonderful like and so it's possible is where i'm going with that is that it's possible oh, yeah, to totally. find those people Absolutely. and that's and that's the thing a lot of people feel really like it isn't and, it, and they know it is and it's hard but <laughs> yeah well as far as relationships go um i did lose a relationship in in dallas um it kind of was falling apart anyways though and this was because of porn i was traveling and doing porn in la and stuff like that but I was just like, you know, I kind of wanted to break it anyways. It was kind of an age difference thing that we kind of grew apart of. And uh, it was just. Yeah, yeah. But the sex, the sex work didn't help. The sex work didn't help. He was very jealous of my sex, uh, escorting and porn. So that counts. That counts yeah. as a story. That counts as a story. Yeah. But yeah. but you were already you were already separating for other reasons. Well, he was kind of a kind of abusive, kind of an asshole. So um, I actually there was a webcam show out there that some asshole was recording um, and and tried to hold it over my head as like a um, blackmail, I guess is what it's called, um, uh, of me actually like like slapping at him because like I was I wasn't gonna be like hit on camera but yeah, I was like I'm doing a webcam show asshole like the fuck off of me and trying to make me like look bad and I was like you can hold that over me if you want to that was a personal moment and you don't even know what was going on there so yeah wow. <laughs> sometimes shit can get mixed up in in the yeah in the, entertainment business <sighs> i guess yeah <laughs> so uh guys because i know mercy has to go real soon yeah sorry so. I don't no hold it's okay i want to give everybody a big old hug i know i wish <laughs> like uh God, i wish i wish i wish we could all hug this this deserves yeah. a hug <laughs> yeah it's been so nice to be able to talk about this stuff it's thank yeah. you so much for like you know uh providing the platform i'm very appreciative Oh, thank you guys for coming on. Now, here's yeah, here's doing it. here's how we're gonna wrap this up, and we really do appreciate you guys coming on. Um, so so what you. I'm what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give everybody a chance to, um, uh, if they want to, this is not uh, obligatory by any means, but if you have uh, something that you want to plug, a website, uh, a service, a thing that your charity, whatever it is, whatever you're into that you want to plug and put out there, because this is gonna go up on Monday. 
February uh, the 26th. Um, so anything that's pertinent to that date, you know, go ahead and we'll start with um, uh, we'll start with River. River, do you have anything you want to plug? I. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at River underscore Enza. Um, all of my social media is consistently this, under the same name. So you'll find me on Instagram and Snapchat. You'll find me on Skype uh, offering shows. And I do have some clip stores that I want to plug. Um, I have an I Want Clip store, a Clips for Sale, a Many Vids, and a Kink Bomb. I uh, keep it all the options for people. I do like fetish videos videos, BDSM videos, and I will soon have my own ABDL clip store. So keep your eyes open for that. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, yay. And and we will we yeah. will have uh, we will have those links in the description uh, for anybody that couldn't hear it or it's these will all be clickable links. So I'll get that information from you later, put it in post. Um Thank so you. yeah absolutely absolutely mercy uh do you got anything you want to plug? Um, well, my website is mercy-west.com and I, I am a jack of all trades. I, uh, I really, I definitely have two different, um, uh, clips for sale stores. I have Mercy's Bazaar and Mercy's Playhouse. Mercy's Bazaar is, uh, all fetish and boy girl and pretty much everything that I do that isn't diaper or ABDL oriented. And then I also have, I have a, um, a diaper ABDL, um, clip store called Mercy's Playhouse. And then I also have Ooh. a many vids. Um, <clears throat> I have a many vids store that I upload all my content to, and I will be doing a many vids takeover on their, um, their webcamming platform, uh, on, um, March 7th, and I'm really excited on that. I just, I love making custom videos. The stranger, the better. Um, and I love meeting interesting folks in person. All that info is on my site. Um, uh, yeah, I can get you what you need if you like me. So <laughs> excellent. And we will have all of your links in the description. Uh, Stephanie, you, you don't get plugs. You don't get plugs. I disapprove of what you do and I will not have it on <laughs> <laughs> so uh guys stick around for just a second i'm gonna do the show plugs uh follow us on twitter at approxpod uh let's see you can get our podcast on itunes please leave uh, a review of some sort um on the uh, itunes there uh you can get us on your phone's uh podcast app uh again please be sure to leave a review those things really do help us um visit the mothership at approximatepodcast.com for a complete list of episodes all of our social media links and merch um, and most importantly, go to patreon.com backslash approximate podcast and become a patron. Uh, five bucks is all it takes to get you access to all of our free and paid content. Uh, last thing, we have a burner line. Uh, we do uh, Q&A shows on the weekends, TGQ&A. And so you can uh, reach us at 817-673-3704. That's 817-673-3704. Leave us a message. Drop us a text, and we will answer your questions and comments on the following week's show. Um, I think that is it. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Round of applause, everybody, Yay. for sharing, hey, putting on an amazing guest. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. We are going to take off, and we will definitely we'll talk to you after the show. We'll keep in contact through the social medias and the Twitters and the things. And you guys have a good night. All right. Yeah, you too. Right. Thanks again. Big hug. See you later. Thank you. Bye. Good night.